Welcome back to another episode of the EFL Freezer Crowd podcast. As always, I'm joined by resident Millwall fan Andy. Afternoon, James. Good to be back. And Statman Luke. How are we doing, chaps? Yeah, not too bad at all. In a week where Norwich are one win away, Joey Barton's not a fan of shoes, and John Coleman's been on Bullseye. Welcome back to the podcast. You don't know the answer to that question, and I think you 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 are, you are an ostrich. Well, boys, you've spoken a lot about the relegation scrap in the championship this season, and now it's really heating up with not too many games to go. So I think probably the best place to start this week is with the big one at the bottom, Rotherham, in serious need of points after uh, really struggling recently, and Huddersfield really at risk of being dragged into it. And uh, the big game, everything to play for, nil nil. <laughs> uh, I don't know, was that expected or not? I don't think so. Um, well, I think you, you would have been pretty happy with that, James, wouldn't you, that scoreline? But um, on the balance of play, it looks like Huddersfield got away with one there and uh, <laughs> so did you. Uh, so rather than <laughs> missing a lot of chances there, it's, it's getting to that point where you're saying if they keep playing like this, they will pick up points. Well, there's not many games to go now, is there? So I mean, they really had to win that, I think. And it is going to be very difficult for them to stay up now. They'll probably finally win one in pre-season for next season. I told you. They'll put about 30 past someone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> told you if we kept playing that way. Mm. Yeah, Luke, you were mentioning how you thought uh, you did say Rotherham would go down, didn't you? But then uh, maybe the pile-up of games is going to affect them a bit worse than we first thought. Well, no goal in three games. I think the pile-up is going to be too much. They had a chance to win it late on at Huddersfield and they just blazed it past the post. It was goal gaping. But I think it, I think it is too much. I think James would be happy to hear me say that. I think it's too much of, a, of an ask. Yeah, talking of uh, you assuming they were going to go down, in fact, I had the complete opposite thought. <laughs> I assumed that they would uh, pick up some form. I think I said they were the team that would probably fight the hardest and, and start picking up those points. But yeah... It's not like they haven't created chances, like you say. I mean, we go back to that Millwall game. It was probably the start of this poor run. And obviously, Andy was chuffed that day when, when Millwall have got the three points. But they've missed a penalty and a couple of other chances. And then went to Wickham and probably had a chance there. To, to they did have 10 men as well against Millwall. So yeah, they were fairly <laughs> unlucky. I think I, the momentum is going to be so key, isn't it, with these uh, build-up of games that they've got. And I feel that game there is going to be the difference. If they could have won that, that would have really given them a push, wouldn't it, to attack these last games. And now it really does a tough ask. Yeah, it's funny you talk about that momentum because usually there's someone um, actually at both ends of the table. There's normally that one team that you go, or oh, what a run they've been on. They'll escape the drop now. Or there's a team that will come in sixth after a great run. And I suppose this season, that's probably Barnsley. Um, but down the bottom, no one's really on a run other than sort of Birmingham look like they've picked up the most out of everyone, obviously with the change of manager. But yeah, probably too big an ass now for Rotherham. And you just don't know, do you? You just never know. They've got that many games left. They could still do it. Well, like you said, it could be it could be all settled after Thursday, couldn't it? Don't say things like that. <laughs> you just said something fairly surprising as well about them being in danger. So, uh, yeah, bit of a positivity for, for Coventry fans out there. Well, considering we just not got on their own pitch. Yeah, not on their own pitch. <laughs> It's the fact that somehow there's three worst teams in the league this year. That's all James <laughs> one, wanted. One had a points deduction, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's just sort of on that, obviously, we've spoken about Rotherham and the fact that I suppose it wasn't exactly the uh, highlights reel of the weekend, that one being nil-nil. But we said, well, I said, Andy, you alluded to it as well, and, and I guess we all, all of us did, that it might be just a, a bit of a tough ask for them. But then when you look at the results around them, They've been let off the hook again. Wickham looked like they were going to hang on. Lost 3-1. <laughs> Sheffield Wednesday after that incredible... Sheffield Wednesday after that incredible <laughs> win last week. Concede four and lose. Coventry concede four and lose. Derby lose. 
you're just sort of thinking, other than Birmingham, who, as I said, seem to be the only side picking up the points when they need to at the moment. This is still open down there. Is anyone brave enough to say that the bottom two are dead? Yep. Um, I think we all, <laughs> we all are, don't we? I mean, I'm not normally brave in any situation, but um, that one. <laughs> <laughs> Big confession on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, we're doing the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor, no. Um, I think <laughs> we don't want to keep going back to our predictions. You find that a couple of episodes ago, but I mean, I had Birmingham relegated. I had Rotherham finishing upwards of eighth. So, um, <laughs> yeah, stick with me. I think, unfortunately, for Wickham to try and make up what is it now nine points? Is it? And they've played a game more as well. That's going to be a big ask with the limited games that they've got left Wednesday. Still not over for Wednesday, is it? Really? Still not really over for them. Played the same amount of games oh, as no. Coventry and they're only six points, six or seven points behind. And like you say, that points deduction actually is going to turn out to be humongous for them because that six points would be the difference. Um, what result are they hoping for from the, from the big game on Thursday? Rotherham Coventry. I mean, they can't both lose. They may, they may, play, <laughs> yeah. they may play like it, but they... Uh, yeah. Well, bloody well try, I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I suppose for them, yeah, draw suits them again. We're getting to the point where it is really hard to know what you are, you kind of want out of those games because I think, unfortunately, when I was looking at us and our the fact that our away form is as horrific as it is this season, I sort of didn't expect anything against a, let's be honest, Premier League side still in, in Bournemouth, although their league position perhaps doesn't line up with that. So I sort of didn't expect us to come away with anything. And and so I'm looking at that Rotherham and Huddersfield game. I'm thinking, yeah, I suppose a draw is perfect. Maybe a few more red cards and injuries would have... Uh, am I allowed to say that? Would have been, <laughs> would have been uh, better for us. But I think, yeah, you, sort of, you can't help. But f- the other thing as well, which I thought was uh, quite amusing, was that Huddersfield obviously got battered by Norwich last week. And I'm thinking, oh, well, that's dr- really dragged them into it. That puts their... Um, goal difference at the same as Coventry's or one worse and then we go and concede four and actually end up two worse off than them no less than about six days later and I'm just that does concern me now I think we've got the second worst goal difference in the league on minus 20 then if it comes down to that which I think Andy you sort of suggested you know with your predictions the other week it could be as close as that come the end of the season that minus 20 really does concern me because Rotherham are only on minus 13 well I say only still minus 13 but out of that pack down the bottom is comfortably the best so oh, it's yeah, going to be really, really get better if they uh, do end up on the same points obviously um just to, just to round out our championship relegation gareth ainsworth i mean he did say we've now got to win five from five and we are capable of doing that he said and he looked serious <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, <laughs> so uh, i'd be worried I'd be not too worried I'll have some of whatever he's on. I tell you what, like, they could have, without the red card, they could have won that game against Luton and then it would have made it quite funny, wouldn't it? But it was still in, it would have overtaken Sheffield Wednesday. So all to play for. He said at the end of the match, like he says at the end of every match, oh, the lads have worked their socks off. He says that at the end of every game, if they're working their socks off, like, I know they're fighting, but at the end of every game, if you know you've tried the best you can and you're still bottom of the table, can you see yourself getting out of it? And the answer is, yes, he can. Yeah, I just want to know what Wickham's sock budget is then, because, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> no wonder they've got no money left over for players. Yeah, exactly. Lowest budget in the league. If somehow <laughs> they're still the second budget. lowest, as everyone seems to be. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I think... That probably takes us nicely onto the opposite end of the table now, Andy. You said you were rounding up there. And it does really feel like that top end is sealed now. I know Brentford with an unbelievable win again at the weekend, looking like themselves again. But Norwich, was it two points now needed to secure that promotion back to the top flight? On 90 points, which is with some of the other teams in this in the division this season, is, is a really good total for them at the first time of asking. Watford on a great run and look like in fairness, they're probably going to take second. So you're talking about the automatic spaces done and dusted. And how do we feel about the playoffs? Probably not too too different. No, I mean, let, we're not going to be controversial or anything here. Top two is done. 
surely. <laughs> yeah, top and, done. Yeah. And playoffs, uh, there's seven teams fighting for six, uh, well, five uh, fighting for four, sorry. Um, and Brentford and Swansea, you'd think are probably going to be okay there. So whether Barnsley or Bournemouth drop out, I, don't, I think it will stay the same personally. Those teams are all on form there. Barnsley, Bournemouth and Brentford and Swansea have got a little bit about them more than Reading. Uh, but then again, as I said earlier, my predictions for the, for the relegation aren't looking too good. So <laughs> announce Cardiff City uh, into the Premier League next season. <laughs> I am... Um... I look at that sort of playoff mix and those four teams that you're saying, and I do agree, to be fair, we'll probably finish in those four spots. And it's going to be a strange old playoffs because Brentford have been through this strange run recently. Swansea not looked as convincing as they had done sort of in the first half of the season. Barnsley still look like the team on fire, on form, with DK scoring yet again. Bournemouth, I don't know. I'm still not convinced by Bournemouth, even though they've just put four <laughs> past my team and looked unbelievable at times. <laughs> I still don't know. Like they've had a bit of a dodgy old season. I would have had them at top two comfortably this season, I think. But uh, so yeah, it's going to be a really interesting playoff race. Well, not race, but sort of playoff process, I guess. Particularly without fans there this time, it's going to be interesting to see who actually makes the final. We could have a really good kind of set of playoffs in the championship this season, I think, with some real quality and, and also some different styles of play we've bought with Barnsley being in that mix. Yeah, I think the teams that came down, I, I think keeping so many of their players, so much of the, the spines of their teams that came down, and they're so used to playing in the Premier League. I, I thought, what, who did they lose? I think they lost Jamal Lewis, Decore. Um, Bournemouth lost Nathan Ake but on the whole they're still kind of Premier League clubs and they've still got that ambition to be Premier League clubs so when, when you go to when you go to Bournemouth and you lose 4-1 it's kind of like oh it's a dead game like, you don't expect anything so I, I think the those four in the playoffs at the moment are I think that's how it's going to finish I, I think Reading are too inconsistent so it, it is going to be interesting but I think Warnock said that Barnsley were going to like he wanted Barnsley to go up after the game yesterday. Middlesbrough lost 2-0 to Barnsley. He said, I don't think Barnsley get away with how they're playing over two seasons. The, the kind of like high press and booting it up in the air. So he said he wanted them to go up and ruffle a few feathers. But knowing Warnock, what that means is he wants them to go up, experience some terrible refereeing decisions, get absolutely battered every single week, experience VAR and come back down. Yeah, oh, he's just he's just picked the the one Yorkshire club in there, and that's <laughs> well. He did say he did say that um, Barnsley made his former Sheffield United defender Chris Morgan um, look like Beckenbauer in comparison how they were playing yesterday because they were just hoofing it up in the air for forty five minutes at a time. Yeah, well, that's something we mentioned last week that uh, doesn't get spoken about too much is how direct they are, Barnsley, and uh, it just works, doesn't it? I mean, I'm a big fan of their manager <laughs> as well. I think. I don't think you can see them beating one of those other teams over two legs, personally. But um, we'll see how it goes. I mean, we don't want to delve too far into the future. I mean, they may not even get into the playoffs. Well, the teams you've got to beat are like, we've got to beat Brent. If you want to go up, you've got to beat Brentford, assumingly. And Brentford beating Pre- I know it's Preston and Preston have kind of given up, but the first four goals are all just get to the byline, cut it back, smash it in the net. Just training. Re- yeah, rinse Well, Thomas Frank did say that in training that creating chances of what they've been working on. I liked that, yeah. yeah it's like, <laughs> what have you been doing before? A couple Jesus. of games that a goal. <laughs> Let's work on trying to score some goals. Shall we? you got Ivan Tony up front, for God's sake. <laughs> and Ivan Tony's just entered the Jed Wallace Club, I like to call it. Double no, figures for goals and assists. The only man to do it last season, wasn't he? Wasn't he? Oh, that man? S- somehow made that all about Millwall at the end there. <laughs> <laughs> physically sick to be honest I'm, I'm rapidly falling out of love with football I just wonder what's the point anymore you know John Coleman falling out of love with football feels physically sick here's what you could have won John here's what you could have won <laughs> what gem did he give us this week Andy well it's a bit harsh for John isn't it because it's always when it's not going well that you hear from him and something funny comes out and you can tell he's an old school man because the first thing you think of <laughs> is the game bullseye (laughs) 
when did that stop being on TV? Yeah, uh, it's still mentioned. Um, he said it was a bit like this season was a bit like here's what you could have won. A bit like being on Bullseye and then having the caravan taken away from you. I don't think that was a section on Bullseye. I don't think you ever got given it and then it got taken away. (laughs) Um, You did see it at the end, I guess. And I think he said, um, I believe this is from a song, if I hadn't seen such riches, I could live with being poor, which... um, James, what is that from, James? Well, (laughs) I was going to say, when you said... I believe this is from a song. You know no, that exactly. was his. No, that was that was his words. Were his words. <laughs> he, he said, "I think this is from a song." Yeah, or something it like just, that. But again, either way, it doesn't matter who said it. He knows that it's from a song. Why is he saying, "I believe it's not a song"? You know exactly where it's come from. Why are you yeah. quoting it as if it's some play, sort of like, Can we play the song without getting co- copyright infringement? Oh. Yeah, <laughs> maybe if we could well, play like, that just I that one it. section. Why not? Why? Why? Yeah, Luke, John Coleman. Sing it. Oh, there we go. There he is. Is that John Coleman? I could Luke, live could with being him? poor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sit down. <laughs> yeah, another bit of gold from Coleman, but you do get what he means. It's such a promising start to the season for Accrington, and they're thinking, hang on a minute. Accrington Stanley, who are they? They cannot be in the second division of English football, surely. And uh, well, the answer was was no. Um, <laughs> they're going to finish mid-table and going one nil up as well against uh, Wimbledon side who are really struggling and losing five one. I don't think. I don't think. I don't, know, I don't think anything is bad that happened on Bullseye apart from. Uh, and the Pem- Pembrokeshire murderer was on the show. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Here's what you could have won. Yeah. <laughs> and his caravan taken off of him. Uh, I was like, uh, uh, just thought of that on the spot, and I was like, there's a joke in there somewhere. So I, I didn't even make a joke; just said it, said the whole thing. Um, uh, that's enough of Coleman. <laughs> for one lifetime <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> what a win for Wimbledon yeah lifts them out of the relegation places it, it seems like one or two teams win down there in that bottom seven every week and it just it just seems to be like they're fighting the hardest there's there's a few teams down there Swindon lost again when your best players getting booked for diving in the box you've not got much hope left. Uh, that was a great moment, to be fair, because he knew. <laughs> <laughs> he was almost laughing. He was just like, yeah, I died, fair play, got me. You got me. <laughs> I do think we've actually glossed over Wimbledon a little bit too quickly there, because you look at the table down the bottom and it's a huge win against an opposition that, as Andy kind of said, have overachieved even the position that they're in now. I think people had them lower than that at the start of the season at Crinton. But yeah, Wimbledon, massive win and exactly what a side who's fighting down the bottom need for that confidence in a really tough run-in. And I also think that if they could win that game in hand over Wigan and potentially win the um, the two or at least get points from the two that they've got over Bristol Rovers, then it leaves them in a really healthy position. And uh, what a way to kind of kick off their running. Yeah, they've certainly got goals in the side, haven't they? Which is something that you're desperate to have uh, when you're in that situation. Uh, Joe Piggott's carried on scoring I guess and uh, could see Ollie Palmer get a few as well Uh, it's going to be really difficult down there and um, I guess we'll move on saying you know it's going to be difficult down there it's all about which players which managers keep their heads they stay sane and um, Joey Barton (laughs) I knew it was coming (laughs) well it was quite obvious (laughs) (laughs) which managers keep their heads well come on down Um, Joey Barton or keep their shoes, I should have said, yeah. <laughs> uh, this episode goes out tomorrow morning and uh, the listeners have already already knew the who was coming when he said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Joey will be out at that point doing something for like the summer solstice or some shit, but, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> be at Glastonbury. Yeah. <laughs> Milking a cow at Stonehenge or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, listener, you may be, uh, you may have not heard of this <laughs> and it you have no, no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> like, I know Joey Barton as this sort of hard man. You know, he's done time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> didn't think I'd say that on the show. Uh, 
To be yeah. fair, I think with someone like Barton, then you look at that appointment, he's coming in as someone who is sort of like, you know, like you say, sort of gives off that kind of going to take no rubbish, going to try and sort of instill a mentality into a team that are going to be willing to fight, say the right things at the right times, sort of stand up and be counted for. Not the sort of bloke you expect to be saying, well, what we're about to talk about right now. <laughs> Which is? It's almost yeah, it's almost <laughs> like I don't know where to start. It's an interview with uh, is it Bristol Live, yeah. where he's he's basically saying about how they want to keep the morale up and the team spirit and everything, and, he, and then he gets into some weird, weird stuff all about sort of sort of pagan rituals, as he says, <laughs> and uh, how you need to be barefoot on the ground to soak up like the earth's energy and all this. So shall I just read some of it off? Or <laughs> Please do. The theory, so I think the whole team were doing this on the pitch. So, <laughs> so you, might think, <laughs> you might think that doesn't actually sound that weird. It's just sort of team building, hippie stuff, you know. It's, Bris- <laughs> it's, it's Bristol. And then... Um, <laughs> just imagine them all being marched up the Gloucester Road in Bristol, wearing some... Uh, <laughs> in the Phil Brown's face. Question questionable funky trousers and i think i'll leave that there andy what was said <laughs> we'll get on to phil brown later um, <laughs> the theory behind it is the earth is uh, the earth is a uh, that's gonna be difficult this the theory behind it is the theory behind it is the earth is a huge ball of molten lava spinning around the sun which is emitting electrical and heat pulses <laughs> Uh, what I absolutely love, actually, is the the little commentary next to it that the the reporter who I, I knew this haven't written down. <laughs> sorry, just puts. He said it with absolute sincerity and conviction. <laughs> <laughs> Very basically going, what an idiot. Um, <laughs> gets weirder. The Earth gets struck by lightning multiple times a day and absorbs positive and negative electrons. And because of our bodies, we're mainly water. And the moon affects tides, so it's logical to think the moon affects us. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that bit there, like, it doesn't really, there's not really much context for that bit. Because, like, what, what does that mean? Like, why is that helping us in any way, like, that the moon would affect us? But it sort of, I sort of felt like I was joining the cult when I read that bit. I was like, yeah. I think, I sort of started to go, he's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt like I... Some positive <laughs> orgones had just entered my body or something. Like, come on, Jez. Asteroids? Orgones? I mean, what would you say if I came home one day talking about that kind of stuff? I'd say, that sounds fascinating. Please tell me more. Jeremy's in a cult. Shall I, shall I carry yeah, on for please, a little bit? it gets um, better. So if you keep your shoes on... <laughs> you've got, so if you keep your shoes on... <laughs> You've got rubber in the bottom of your soles. Every shoe's the same. But obviously when made, developed over the evolutionary process to walk barefooted. That's why we have hard skin on the bottom of our feet. (laughs) (laughs) Just amazing. If we walk on beaches or grass, the positive and negative electrons in your body are able to escape. (laughs) Why would they? Uh, Why not? Uh, Via the bottom of your feet. Yep. Bottom of the feet. Not the top of the head or anywhere else. <laughs> uh, and you recharge with positive electrons. So sort of organ stuff again there, peep show type thing. <laughs> which, and then it, which makes sense to me. Uh, that's, that's him again, not me. If the earth is constantly <laughs> struck, if the earth is constantly struck by the sun and these invisible forces of gravity... Uh, what and these invisible forces of gravity and things we're unaware of um so yeah uh (laughs) bristol rovers drew one one i guess is the headline (laughs) (laughs) if my manager was saying this sort of stuff in a relegation scrap (laughs) to carry on the mitchell and webb he's he's clearly drank too much glucosate port here Are you an Olympic athlete who craves a proper drink at the end of a race? You know, like in the good old days? Then you need Glucosade Port. The world's first alcoholic isotonic drink. Wow, I'm fully recovered and smashed. 
Hail, uh, what was it? <laughs> Vectron. Vectron. <laughs> <laughs> Hanging out with the Orcazoid. Yeah, the Orcazoid's a good black. Something that (laughs) something that you uh, you mentioned the bit where the journalist has said he said with absolute sincerity and conviction. The other bit I really liked was the articles obviously tried to set the set the scene a little bit, and they were going to explain a bit about what Barton said, and instead of actually doing that, they've just put it's probably easier if the man in charge is left to explain <laughs> it. <laughs> no one can possibly explain this. You said he's read an odd book. I think he wrote the book. Because uh, what on earth is he going on about here? Just, and how, as a fan, would that make you feel? You've read that. You're thinking, Gore, in the middle of a scrap here. We've brought in a new manager to turn it around. We've drawn 1-1 in a game. We really needed three. What's the manager saying to help turn this around? Well, if you take your shoes off, then uh, you get recharged <laughs> electrons. <Yeah. laughs> like... I tell you what, if like, I'm all for taking my shoes off if I get to launch <laughs> them at his, at his head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I'll take them off then, Joey. <laughs> Last day of the season, memorial ground filled with shoes. <laughs> <Yeah. It's> just... <laughs> Next week's high-risk reward, Barton to get yeah. hit in the head by a shoe. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go for it. I just want to know, like, how the players have they bought into this, or are they literally all looking at each other, <laughs> like it's sort of like Will, and then the in between is uh, negativity. <laughs> <laughs> you asked. That is so, wrong. <laughs> have the players bought into it? Forty-one games played, twenty-second <laughs> well, in the table. I, I assume this is a recent development. Well, okay, I don't know how many they've played in the Barton now, yeah. but minus twenty-four goal difference. <laughs> It's going to take a lot more than whatever that is to, to sort them out, yeah. <laughs> well, it, whatever works for you, I say. It doesn't really look like it's working at the moment for Barton. It, it, it's, it's, we're just got blessed in um, in Bristol with two <laughs> two managers who <laughs> look like they've had some maybe some anger issues in the past. Is that safe to say both of them have? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that's fairly <laughs> safe to say. I wouldn't say it to them, but um, I've said it on the podcast on the internet um and and we've mentioned before about Nigel Pierce and how he you know he thinks about every word before he says it and it does look it does sound a bit odd so he's obviously had some some coaching there and I never thought I'd say it but I, I'd rather have that I'd rather have what Nigel Pearson had than uh, go down whichever route Joey Barton has gone down for that like stress is a pretty yeah. bad thing but you, you've got to go attack it well and Barton has lost it, unfortunately, for Bristol Rovers fans. And I thought they might get out of it. I don't anymore. I really don't, because there's no coming back from that. A high risk, high reward last week was that they'd give away a penalty, tick, that they get a player sent off. Mm, nope. But I said he would blame it on a conspiracy theory against Bristol Rovers. He didn't say the words conspiracy theory. Instead, he said all of that. I don't know if I would get any points if they did get a red card, but that is absolutely mad. No, no points. <laughs> <laughs> it's a brutal game, high-risk guy reward. It's funny, he didn't say the words conspiracy theory. He actually made one up. But um, <laughs> I do think you have, to, uh, you have to agree with Andy. They look now like they're in dire straits and actually I don't really see them getting out of it. Strange things coming out of the manager's mouth. Strange things being produced on the football pitch and uh, teams around them look like they've got a bit more fight when you see Wimbledon managing to score five. So it's going to be a long old few weeks for Bristol Rovers and their fans, I think. Michael, you made a long trip down. What do you think the score's going to be today? It's going to be 1-0. Will Grigg up the checks. Come on! Brings a smile to your face, doesn't it, every time you hear that? And if, if there's anything we needed this weekend, it was an excuse to play it. We talked there about a few of the teams down the bottom having a tough running and uh, needing points in League One and said about Wimbledon and what a result it was for Wigan this weekend. Managing to score four goals against the Doncaster side who've been pretty good across most of the season, obviously tailed off a bit in recent weeks. But yeah, another huge win down there. Another one that will... Uh, I've got Joey Barton questioning the moon cycle, no doubt. But um, yeah, huge win for Wigan and what a time to get it. Yeah, I mean, it's just 
so similar to, to the Wimbledon game, crazy enough. Like 21st v 11th and uh, 22nd v 12th and uh, the uh, away relegation side absolutely hammers them. There's a greater force here. Uh, oh. <laughs> Take your off, lads. Yeah. Yeah. So what you're saying is that Wigan and Wimbledon players played with their boots on. <laughs> <laughs> and they trained and the Bristol Rovers players were feetless. Feetless? <laughs> <laughs> Wigan have given themselves a superb chance as well now, haven't they? And they just look like they've got a few more players that have the quality down there. I mean, we don't want to keep going back to the Bristol Rovers, but they look in big trouble compared to Wigan and Wimbledon now. And it's a really disappointing loss for Doncaster, first of all, because I still felt they could have got into the playoffs there and it's going to be a tough ask for them now. Six points off. No chance. No chance. That's what I said. Good Six is, points with eight games. You look at the teams around them, Gillingham been on a good run, Oxford on a good run, Charlton picking up points, Blackpool on an unbelievable run. I just don't see a route for Doncaster back into that top six now. I think, Andy, you obviously said sort of Wimbledon and, and possibly Wigan look in better shape than Bristol Rovers. And I think you're probably not far wrong. And I guess it, at this point, it's probably time for us to unfortunately come to terms with the fact that everyone's favourites this season, Rochdale, look like they're probably done and dusted now. Season over for them and probably down. Uh, I hate to say it because we do love them, don't we? They obviously they've been included in a title of this this show, haven't they? Um, when they were playing basketball, um, <laughs> I think what it's funny what sent them down really is um, no, well they're not down yet, but which, what we did mention is they were playing basketball before they were getting the odd win draws. They had a stage where the basketball was happening, but it was only happening at their end. Um, <laughs> I think they could. <laughs> They've conceded a hell of a lot of goals, don't have the stats. Um, and I don't know, well, they've still got a game in hand on your Swindons and Wiggins of this world, those two. So, I mean, they're not going to say it's over yet, but there's, I mean, there's six places, six teams down there trying to avoid four places. So I think, I think they're down, yeah. Yeah, and I think, again, we talked earlier about teams on runs and obviously Burton Albion and that ridiculous run that they've been on under the Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank era second time round. Yeah, it's gonna it's really gonna come down to can one of those teams now put a run together. Obviously Wigan and Wimbledon big wins this weekend. Can either of them now build on that? Northampton certainly aren't out of the uh out of this race. But I don't know. I've got a weird feeling that the bottom four, the current four, might be the four that drop in that division actually. Yeah, I think I think Wimbledon's fight is going to save them. I think Northampton's defence is going to save them, but it's it's nice to know that we're still going to have Rochdale in the EFL to entertain us next season, but it's probably not going to be the same level of basketball that has been this season. Obviously, we talked about Doncaster and, and obviously some of the runs that teams put together and probably, well, I personally feel Doncaster won't be able to make that top six now with the competition that is up there. But someone like Oxford really are on a decent run at the moment and what better way to prove that than go to crew who've had a very good season to be fair and go and get six goals they also missed a mr penalty which would have made it seven well it would have made it four nil at the time but obviously the overall score would have been seven nil and they're still well within a chance of going up and what another massive win some serious goals down in league one this weekend yeah, and it wasn't like uh, they went crazy at some point and smacked six and it was three at half time three in the second half so i mean it's just absolute domination that game real shame for crew but yeah i think uh the oxford are really hitting a bit of form aren't they james henry is a, another favorite i've mentioned a few times uh it's been, it's been a key player for them this season and uh, i think do we think oxford can make the top six i know we've briefly said that a lot of those teams up there are probably better than them uh, so i think um i think that could be a struggle for them yeah you're probably not too too far wrong there i just i felt they'd have a really strong season this year after last season obviously making it into the top six they've looked quite good for a couple of seasons now a manager who although does give us a few laughs from time to time has uh got that kind of experience now i kind of expected them to to finish a little bit higher than they than they probably will do but you're right yeah the competition probably will force them out you never know one of my favourite things from the weekend was some fan posting on Twitter that he put a tenner on it being near, <laughs> being a draw at 12-5 to 5 in this game and then posted saying, oh, so close when it ended 6-0. 
it's lovely to see someone embracing their losses so well. <laughs> when he's in rehab in three years' time with a serious <laughs> betting addiction, then we'll see who's embracing it. Yeah. Call this a sucker riot? Come on, boys, let's take him to school. Well, obviously, doing a football podcast, you'd assume that we bloody love football. But there's something that Luke particularly loves in a game of football. And that is, of course, listeners, a headbutt. And boy, oh boy, did he get one this week. Not any headbutt, though, was it, Luke? A headbutt on your own player after the halftime whistle's gone. You absolutely, well, I don't know about you, I absolutely love to see it. For someone who's trying to force onto this podcast a headbutt of the season, it was a bit tame. But on your own player, you get bonus points for that. You get bonus points. Uh, so does that mean he's got a late nomination? He's challenging Gimme Toro for your headbutt <laughs> of the season, is he? He's definitely nominated. The fact that it's after the whistle's gone on his own player. You could just wait. You could just wait. Till Save you it for the, the ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> wait till you get down. The, wait till you get in the changing rooms. Just You could just lay, lay into each other for 15 minutes and then come back out and play with 11 men. The fact he hasn't even waited until he's got off the pitch. He's getting more plaudits from me. That's all Action. I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll challenge you, Luke, by saying, was it even that much of a headbutt or is it more of a coming together? Yeah, that's what it was a bit tame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For anyone, who I mean, for anyone who can't see, he's held his microphone up to my face there. <laughs> it was a bit tame that's why Gimme Tori is still the front runner and for anyone who didn't see this two Grimsby players uh, have had a little bit of a scrap whilst walking off the pitch at half time one of them stuck his head into the other and got himself sent off that's why they're bottom of the table with a minus 28 <laughs> goal difference <laughs> you would expect yeah. it from a team who like is in complete turmoil but they were un- they're unbeaten in eight well they, they lost on the weekend, but they were unbeaten in eight and then they start fighting as soon as they come off the pitch at half time. Just seems a bit mad. Yeah, I mean it's twenty nine year old Stefan Payne headbutting thirty five year old Philippe Murray. I mean they've got to know better, <laughs> haven't they? It's almost like when it's your own player, you think, well, why is that even a red card? Uh, we can get away with doing a bit more to each other here. I mean, I can't believe we haven't mentioned Bowyer and Dyer yet, but we haven't seen many of them <laughs> since that. Uh, not that coming to my mind anyway, but not in the yeah. same league, is it though? Is it oh, literally as well? But um, I think <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> the Bowie uh, million miles moment was just too good, wasn't it? That was proper. This was just pathetic. I don't know. Should you be sent off for just doing a little head to head with your own player? Not in my world, but anyway, Grimsby in big trouble. I think that's uh, <laughs> that's the lasting effect of the Holloway rain, probably. <laughs> Show a bit of fight, not, quite... not against your own. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, they, they tweeted at midday that like, uh, oh, we fight together until the very end or something. I was like, Jesus, not with each other, not with each other. Some Joey Barton levels of prediction there. Issues off Grimsby. Was it to be fair? When that game was being played, there was a full moon out, so it was like the people were going to be a bit angrier. That's <laughs> just how it works. <laughs> Apparently, that's how it works. Apparently, we're never leaving that joke behind. <laughs> See you next week for more Barton Watch. Well, we, um, <laughs> I think you're right. I think that is Grimsby dead. I do think you've moved on a little quickly there, actually, from the fact that they're two very experienced players in a team who are in dire need of something better. Like, come on, take a bit of responsibility. Huge game between Cambridge and Exeter. Exeter desperate to keep their playoff hopes alive. Cambridge looking now to try and get home and host. Didn't happen for for Cambridge this weekend and a massive win for Exeter. 4-1 away from home against a side that have looked unbelievable in the sort of last few weeks and months. And uh, yeah, just a huge win really for Exeter. And A, it keeps their hopes alive. And B, it really does pull Cambridge back a little bit, particularly as Bolton win yet again. Now, just the four points behind with a game in hand, Bolton. So it is going to get interesting towards the end of the season, I think. I and mean, it was always going to be a good game between these two. The teams with the best goal difference in the league. 
plus 20 exiters for a team in eighth is pretty impressive. So I don't know if the the last little segment that Luke said before this is actually going to remain in the show, but yeah, he did say they do like to score uh, because it was nonsense, (laughs) but they do like to score a lot of goals. (laughs) You're absolutely right. And I think there's two ways that that plus 20 goal difference for Exeter is impressive. It's impressive to have that at this stage of a season, but even more impressive that you could have it and not even be in a playoff spot, let alone a top two spot. So um, something's not quite worked for them across the whole season, but it certainly shows that they, they've they got enough if they can just put a little run together now to certainly finish in that top seven. And um, yeah, as we said, it's going to be really interesting. And obviously saying that Exeter, if they can put together a little run, there's a few sides in there who do look a little bit wobbly at the moment. Forest Green, obviously now without a manager, going into the final few games of the season. Not ideal, is it? No, I mean, it might. it's one of those ones that does look odd. Team like Forest Green are in the playoffs in League Two, and yet they're sacking the manager. But it's an awful run they've been on it. Maybe five losses in the bounce. Maybe shouldn't have said that one. I don't know for sure. But um, yeah, it, it's one of those ones where you don't. if you carry on that run there, you're going to drop out, obviously. And uh, it's the business end of the season. So yeah props to them for making a huge decision like that at this stage and um we actually have a mark cooper reaction button there luke what is that mark if you could choose one word to to sum that game up what would it be one word uh one word would be Mm. pleased (laughs) (laughs) that's the only soundbite i've got of mark keeper i think it does not apply at all potentially that might be why he's not the man for the job in the running for a playoff Uh, spot if that's the best he's got (laughs) Uh, what i would say on it on a more serious note is you assume that they're only going to do that if there's someone lined up because surely they're not going to go managerless now or caretaker manager into a a playoff run because they've still got a chance effectively playoffs are a lottery and should they finish there they do still have a chance so you would assume there's going to be someone else lined up for that job and normally at this point Andy reels off some of the uh, odds from probably the sack race but I'm assuming that as it's fresh and it's sort of a bit of a strange one there's probably not too much to discuss on that and obviously talking about those teams at the top we spoke about Cambridge dropping points and uh, that leaves Cheltenham looking really healthy now. The game in hand over Cambridge, in fact, and looking like they'll probably have enough to be champions. I mean, seven points off fourth, so it's going to have to go pretty badly wrong for them not to be uh, automatically promoted, uh, which will be a great season for them, obviously. And uh, it's really difficult to say who's going to go up with them. I think we'd all like Cambridge. They've, we've mentioned them a lot this season and maybe Bolton as well for the... Uh, the fairy tale story sort of Bolton against the odds going back up. Now, Luke, before we leave behind League Two, we've obviously just spoken about Cheltenham. I think there was a little something you wanted to discuss in that Cheltenham game, a one they'll win for them. But what was it that really caught your eye? <laughs> well, one nil win over Leighton Orient. Connor Thomas scores the penalty. Who wins the penalty? Well, I'll leave that over to Nelson Muntz. Oh, we don't need to stop here. Yes, we do. Uh, uh, that's my reaction to that, really. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's, he must have won penalties and got assists and goals before. Why we're suddenly mentioning him this week, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's almost like someone had made a clip and wanted to use it no matter what. Um, it feels like that, doesn't it? Yeah, it, well, it's too good to be true. Um, can't take my eyes off of you. So, um, I think the only bit of it I enjoyed was the mention that Connor Thomas got ex-Coventry lad. So nice to see him doing well in League Two and hopefully going up as champions with Cheltenham. Obviously in League Two, we've got to mention what I would describe as a pretty strange decision from Southend to bring in Phil Brown. And I was just having a quick look back through his uh, managerial, well, career, I guess you'd call it. He's, um, <laughs> he's actually been obviously out in India recently managed at Pune City and they folded went to uh, Hyderabad now back in the EFL managing very bad and uh, (laughs) (laughs) smooth (laughs) unnecessary dig at at Southend United there who were already in a mess didn't need that from me there did they no but I think the most interesting bit is how 
what he's turned up wearing. Um, <laughs> it's not the Phil Brown I remember. It's not the sort of clean-shaven, tanned, always very tanned, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> surprisingly for someone who was up in the the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> got the old Jimmy Bullard celebration. But now, I I don't even really know how to describe it. It's sort of like an old, well, I'll have a go. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know, like an old English dandy type thing. Like, well, he's got this like pink shirt, then he's got the sort of hunting jacket, as I call it. Um, and then what is round his neck? Just some silk scarf thing. But it's he uh, sort of looks like he's about to take part in a DOI SOS for the next hour. <laughs> he's going to be designing <laughs> what the lounge looks like <laughs> yeah. with that silk scarf. It was like um, Alan Partridge finds himself in Southeast Asia or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he carry or or India or India. Phil Brown finds himself. Yeah, that could be it. Ties it of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so he has to keep the jacket, but lad, the scarf and the pink shirt and the lovely sort of silver fox facial hair. Are we, are we done joking about that? Um, yeah, just the, <laughs> get, get it in a bin. <laughs> <laughs> well, the more interesting thing is that he's been appointed. as the chief electrician of the training ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is, I mean, there's not much on his Wikipedia. I mean, we do do our research uh, straight after his Wikipedia. <laughs> And, Three minutes uh, ago, yeah, <laughs> if that. <laughs> and it says that he does. He carries out electricians' work, electric work, electricians' work. <laughs> and, uh, as he's a trained electrician, so I think, um, yeah, maybe they they had a little faulty light switch or something. And uh, <laughs> anyway, Phil, you normally used to sort this out. Anyway, I'll come back on one condition and one condition only. <laughs> I want the job. <laughs> By God, he got it. <laughs> Shit! Did you see that? He must have a foot like a traction engine. Well, news is just coming in that we're having a week off the quiz this week. Maybe much needed for one of us. Yeah. Is that, and, is um, that, is that on Sky? <laughs> breaking news on Sky, was it? Oh. <laughs> news just in. <laughs> no quiz. <laughs> Edit that in. Not happening. <laughs> so I think we'll have to get onto uh, a section of the show that we all very much enjoy. It is goal of the week. Foot like a traction engine. Probably should have played it before I went on to this, but <laughs> why not get straight on in there? <laughs> Luke, what have you brought with you this week? Because recently you've brought along, well, what I would call anti-football <clears throat> goals. So I'm hoping that maybe you've brought an actual goal this week. I've, I've brought a better goal this week, and I know that oh, no. to win goal of the week, all I needed is the approval from one of you, and then I can vote for myself, and then I've got the majority voting. So it's either a Millwall or Coventry goal. Next. <laughs> <laughs> now, if I said 80 well, we, grand a we week. We didn't score. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> if I told you, well, if I asked you, if 80 grand a week gets you a goal every other game, who am I talking about? Well, well oh, come you, on. You wanted a vote, Luke. <laughs> You're not going about it very well at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Are you joking? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's Andre. Are you? I, yeah. I, I report says he's on eighty grand a week. Andy mentions it every every other podcast that he's on eighty grand a week. It's not just the fact that you know it's a good goal that like he gets it on the right hand side, cuts in, curls it into the top left hand corner. But it's not that. It's that it reminded me of something that James's dad used to say at the football when he was younger. For God's sake. And <laughs> this is what I'm gunning for. In the He's bank. really scraping the barrel of fire. <laughs> yeah. this, uh, this is entertaining for the love of family now. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't, uh, how many have done I've won this? one. I've won one goal of the week, all series. So all I'm going to do <laughs> is just say, James, I love your dad. Vote for me. <laughs> what was it? Podcast? This reminds you of what? Something James's dad used to say at the football. Yeah. And start f-ing running, James, you lazy <laughs> shits. Was it that? 
So ref, that was never a penalty. He only headbutted him three times. <laughs> <laughs> was it ref? Why am I not allowed on the pitch? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was it ref? He hit me first. <laughs> <laughs> ref, he was looking at me funny. <laughs> Well, I'm gunning for James's vote this, <laughs> this week. After all, after all of that, because it left. What's the point finishing this? It left Millwall five Millwall players scrambling after him like ants to bread. A quote that I've not heard since since James's dad used to say it about Coventry at the Rico. And he just cuts inside, curls it into the top left hand corner. But it's it's not the best goal of the week. But ants no. to bread. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Yeah. Right, Louis pick in between. What's yours? Jesus Christ. Well, can I quickly say that Jamal Lowe's goal to make it 3 0 was a far better goal in the same game. So, I mean, you I mean, ants to bread in the box and maybe there. <laughs> but if, if I say ants to bread as well, does that mean I'm going to get a vote from James? <laughs> what if I say it? Uh, <laughs> well, I sort of feel obliged to go next because. I'm not really sure what that was. I'll give Andy a bit of time <laughs> to think of a way to charm me. And, <laughs> and I think I'll keep it simple. We've talked a lot about how good Norwich are this season and we've we've focused on some of their better players, Todd Cantwell. And um, <laughs> maybe someone we've not mentioned too much, Kieran Dow, and a fantastic free kick from him. He was given a sighter a little bit earlier on in the game which he put into the side netting, which was unfortunate. But the actual free kick, which goes in, is just hit with power, but it also dips over the wall. It's an unbelievable goal. And uh, it was a match winner. It was also massive for um, for Coventry because it keeps Derby down there in the uh, <laughs> in the mire. Oh, so, there we um, have it. So I do think that I might struggle to go for anyone else this week. So Kieran Dow, great free kick. That's my uh, nomination. Yeah, I think he um, he benefited from the... The threat of the under the wall, didn't he? As well, they, they didn't jump that wall, did they? So he just he knew as well. So he just absolutely whipped it. Great goal, um, better than Nance to bread one anyway. Uh, <laughs> and talking of great goals, that brings us to the third and final goal of the week. Unfortunately, we're, we're we've all gone for championship goals this week. Although this didn't look like championship quality. Alex Mowat, Barnsley to Middlesbrough nil. Left-footed corner on the right-hand side. In-swinger. It's gone straight in from a corner. A corner goal. I think that's something we can all get behind. And it's it's not the fact that it's gone straight in. Normally going at the back post. This has sort of gone in at the front post. The keeper's in a mess. Players, they're on the line like ants to bread. Uh, and I think... <laughs> it reminds me of something that uh, James's dad used to say. Um, <laughs> I like I to, it. As soon as I saw it, I had to go for it. I mean, there were a lot of other good goals that we've sort of brushed over this week, but uh, those are the ones. I like it. I think I'm going to, after all that effort, I do find myself struggling to not go with my own. It's a match winner. It keeps Derby down there in the mess and also pushes Norwich one step closer to champions. So I am going to stick at the moment. Well, it's interesting this that this the, the tactics because if you listen back, what happens is <laughs> whoever speaks first never goes for their own. So whoever speaks first then say, actually, I like James's goal, and then James will go, well, I vote for mine, and that's over. So if we all just sort of <laughs> we all just sort of said, no, 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 I'm back in my own. It's basically first to lose, and the fact that Luke has been so unapologetically, uh, well, just so obvious. That he's trying to get James's vote. I vote for the Kieran Dow free kick. <laughs> yeah. Thank like you. Ants to bread. Ants there we have it. Goal of the week. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Well, I am glad we got through the goal of the week because we're now on to everyone's favourite section of this podcast the high risk car reward. Luke, you kind of alluded to yours being maybe slightly close last week. Mine absolutely nowhere near. Andy's nowhere near. Gloss over it, as we always do. Well, I think I'll kick us off on this one, actually. We've talked a lot about the relegation battles in each of the divisions this season, and they are really heating up at the moment. We've got Wickham, who have been written off from the start 
Now, they've got a really tough game against Swansea. If you look into League One, you've got Rochdale. Difficult game against an Accrington Stanley. You'll be looking to bounce back. You go down into League Two, Grimsby Town. Grimsby Town with a pretty tough game. And they'll be without Stefan Payne. (laughs) (laughs) Without Stefan Payne. Absolutely right. A ridiculously tough game against Bolton Wanderers. It's a high risk, high reward. I'm going for the teams at the foot of the three divisions all to pick up a win in the next Saturday's fixtures. So Grimsby to beat Bolton, Rochdale to beat Accrington Stanley and Wickham to beat Swansea. Three ridiculously tough games, high risk, high reward. Jesus, I feel like I'm following a betting tipster. Yeah, I know. I thought you were about to go then. <laughs> and you can find that at 100 to 1 with that. <laughs> Other probably can't, keep that, probably can't keep that in there yeah. <laughs> legally have to edit that bit out I like it um, there's something about that one which seems even less likely than uh, dog on the pitch type ones <laughs> that, that may be the least likely ever that one but I think it would be rude not to I mean I reckon half of this podcast has been talking about Joey Barton okay, let's, let's make what? it three quarters <laughs> Healthy top-up. They play Lincoln at home. Very, very tough game. And, I mean, it's not going to be anything about the game. I'm just going to say that Joey Barton will not be wearing any shoes on the touchline. He's going to embrace it. He's going to embrace it. And, yeah, barefoot on the touchline. Oh, that's so much better than mine now. This is going to be such an anticlimax. Well, Luke, we've got the three bottom sides winning. We've got a shoeless Barton. Come on. You said that you said that like it's gonna happen. Well, I've got now I think with the amount of domination that Brentford had over Preston was just uh, something else. He Who picks Andre Ayu's goal and then he's he's picking <laughs> he's picking Brentford to put ten past Millwall, is it? What is it? Twelve. We've talked we've talked on this show before about the that record that Fulham had for eighty four and a half percent possession against Millwall. I think Brentford are gonna beat that this weekend. This weekend? Yeah, this weekend. This goes out on Monday, doesn't it? I think they're going to get 85% possession against Millwall. Is it possible? No more, no less. <laughs> 86, no, it, you're not having it. Yeah. No. <laughs> 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 Millwall have just lost like 13-0 and had 86% possession against them and Andy can't wait to record the podcast just so he can laugh at Luke for that. <laughs> Idiot. (laughs) What were you thinking? No points, wrong. (laughs) I think that is very harsh on us. For a team who um, had 46% possession against Swansea, a team that do like to keep the ball as well. Here was me thinking it wasn't very high risk. (laughs) Oh, it's it's high risk. 85%. God, the reward, reward is going to be high. Been working on creating chances. I know. That's what Rowett should come out and say before. Well, we've we've been working on stopping chances. And, uh, <laughs> they may have had more of the ball. <laughs> yeah. They may have had 89% possession. <laughs> what a way to end. Well, I agree. We've got, of course, the three bottom sides winning. Joey Barton wearing no shoes in their next fixture. And Millwall to be absolutely dominated by Brentford in the possession stats. So I think all that really leaves me to do is say thank you very much, boys, and see you next week. See you next Monday. See you next week, chaps. <laughs> it's Pudge, if, if he's talking about us being like water and the moon being like water... And the moon affected. Fucking hell, jellyfish are having a tough time. Jesus yeah, they're 95%. <laughs> Mate, they're so effective. That's, that's the old Carl Pilkenden thing. Give them another 5%, for God's sake. Just make them water. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I've never seen a jellyfish wearing shoes. No. And they're, doing, they're doing all right. <laughs> What did Luke say? I heard him say something about she'll get on to part. <laughs> to be honest, was not listening. <laughs> <laughs>
wasn't listening now. I won't listen to my. <laughs> There's three of us, and I wasn't listening. No, no. <laughs> we'll have an email bit at the end. There we go. Like you three have got me through lockdown. Love it. Thank you. Thank you, Luke. Thank you, James. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, baked potato. Save my life. <laughs> yeah, it's it? a very high. What about the lows? Oh. <laughs> what's it like when you're in the middle it's all right. It's all right. that always gets me well yes right. oh, i want you to do it because you want to do it <laughs> but at the end when super hands comes back and said <laughs> why don't you tell me he's gonna, he's gonna wank me up wank you off or something